<laughs> if you already know Drake or you already been on Drake's TikTok or his lives or his Sunday Zooms, which will be once a month now. <laughs> Did you know? Now you know. <laughs> you know whose voice this is. It's Shan from She Gets It Pod. So while you're listening to Everything Culture with an A, not a die, check out She Gets It pod all right i know i'm the one with the little boo me on there that's me all right new season new season 22 giving y'all encouragement motivation and a real insight in the things that i think about on a daily but i'm saying them out loud to y'all so check me out on she gets a pod on your favorite podcast app and also find me and the rest of my podcast on shambypodden.com. Now, I hope you're enjoying this show with everything culture. Hey, Drake. I'll let you have your mic back now. Bye. Welcome to the Everything Culture Podcast. It's your host, G-Jack, along with my co-host. Mr. D713. Today, we got a special guest in the building. Mr. D713, why don't you introduce our guest? Man, we got my boy, longtime friend, homie, all the way back from whew, what 2002 2001 high school robbery lee john tyler kings of crunk we go on and on with the oh the names and the aka that we do it but we want to welcome our friend Rico ben yahuda if i'm pronouncing that correctly to the show can we give him a hand <laughs> all right Rico, what's been up man how's your week Man, what's going on, fellas, man? Appreciate y'all having me on, man. All praises to the most high, man. Everything going good on my end. Just working hard, man. That's all we can do, man. Every day, stay alive. Keep working. Stay active. Busy, busy week this week, man. (laughs) What about you, Mr. D713? How's your day? Oh, bless, man. Um, can't complain when I'm not. Look, I would say I'm a little fatigued, but we're going we to continue to push through. Just lay in, just in time to make it in, man. But once again, busy day. Um, productive, I would say. I would say very productive. Been reading a lot of what's going on in the news. Tomorrow, I try to make it my social media break where I try to cut everything off. But in between doing what we're doing here with everything culture, we get tied into it. But overall, man, it's good. What about you, bro? Man, same thing, man. Just long day. Uh, it was productive. But, man, it's been, like, raining off and on down here. Like, I mean, like, thunderstorming. Mm. And then it's sunny outside. It's hot as shit. Mm. Like, I don't mm. know. They playing with the, the settings or some shit. I don't know what's going on. But it sounds just been... like the ghetto. Sounds yeah. like <laughs> Sounds very ghetto. yeah it's been crazy man so you know people mood change man when it's like raining then it's hot as hell you know so luckily most of the time i'm working by myself so i ain't got to deal with too much shit but other than that man it's it it was it was pretty good drizzled a little bit up here just a little bit it was like a nice little seven degrees down here well up here you know once again, I say my flex is now talking about the weather. You know, that's the thing about it. Like, you can't beat the weather up there. You really can't. Yeah. Well, you can beat the shit out of it in Texas, man. <laughs> uh, <laughs> now, nah, but uh, today on today's episode, man, we got some real good topics. Uh, I want to dive into the first topic, though. Rico, I know you're real big black into, like, black, black, 
um, protecting yourself and you know uh, uh, this whole black militant movement. Am I saying it right? Uh, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, the black militant movement. Just I know, like me, like a lot of people out there, and I don't know about Mr. D713, but can you kind of explain to us exactly what's going on, like what the black militant movement is? Uh, the black militant movement. Well, um, it's basically a movement to where going all the way. It kind of died down uh, after the Panthers uh, mm -hmm. was dismantled or whatever. But it's just, uh, I mean, they call it black militant movement. We didn't, we didn't come up, you know, with that vernacular. Mm -hmm. uh, that's what the government labeled it, black militants or whatever. It's just mm -hmm. basically militias, black militias that believe in protecting our community, protecting our family, defending ourselves against any form of white supremacy, whether it be foreign or domestic. Mm, okay. So, Which, go ahead. Do y'all have a particular one? I know one that I've been hearing about quite a bit um, recently is the one, um, was it Not Fucking Around? Is that, ain't Fucking yeah, Around? The not, yeah, the Not Fucking Around Coalition. I am a member. Uh, the not fucking around coalition. Yeah, I heard of that one. I'm seeing good work is being done, and and I'm glad you said it came from the Black Panther movement. But right, it's just something I think is necessary. It's not a problem to have because you have you once again other militias in America, which is no right. issues, no problem having. So why is the issue for Black people to have one? Well, it's an issue because uh uh. I think it was J. Edgar Hoover himself. He said out his own mouth, and y'all can feel free to fact check this, uh, that his his greatest fear was uh, black unity. Mm -hmm. J. Edgar Hoover, the former CIA, I mean, uh, FBI director, said his number one fear was black unity. So that's, that's what they fear most is black unity. Mm. So do you think like with the uh, protests and stuff like that of George Floyd and everything that's going on right now, like, is do you think that's why everything is like starting to grow and be more popularized and like on uh, the news and stuff like that as far as the movement? Uh, absolutely. Uh, I think the, you know, situation with George Floyd, I think it was kind of the perfect storm because yeah. I mean, quiet is kept, you know, people, people been working, you know, quietly in the background years. I mean, I've been talking about, you know, starting a militia here in East Texas for years, but it, it just comes down to being around like-minded individuals or whatever. And so in, in East Texas, before now, you know, it, it wasn't too many like-minded individuals, but more and more people that's, you know, getting on the same wave as far as becoming more conscious of protecting yourself, your family, community, uh, with the whole corona uh, situation going on, all these uncertainties that's going on, more and more people are arming themselves and um, so-called white supremacy is, you know, with the election of Trump has been placed in the forefront and they're getting a lot more bold, uh, going all the way back to the KKK days when they was out in your face. Mm -hmm. So a lot of more people are becoming, you know, more aware of what's actually going on. And so with the George Floyd situation, it was just kind of like the perfect storm of, of people being fed up and mm. people wanting to unite and be, be a part of something that's bigger than themselves. So they kind of 
with, with the situation with George Floyd, they kind of they they kind of made it happen. They kind of brought it together. So you know you can mm-hmm. only you can only oppress the people for so long before they begin to rise up. Yeah, but even before this though, the whole movement has been going on. How, how long would you say it's been like back really like moving and active since they since before the movement and and I guess between the Black Panther movement and where what's going on now like the the I guess black militant movement now like how long you say they've been really active for the last few years. Like I said, after after the Panthers died, uh, got dismantled or whatever, it kind of it, it died down a lot. Um, but people were still, you know, training and getting together. Ever since then, it just wasn't as big and prevalent and as it is right now. I won't say it it, it wasn't necessary because it's always been necessary. Yeah. But it's uh, it, it just hasn't been as big and and. and we all know how mainstream media is. They they not they really not quick with with the with, with NFAC. They really didn't have no choice but to push it in the mainstream media because it was just it caught them off guard. So they really mm-hmm. they really didn't have no choice but to uh, put it in the mainstream media. But that's the last thing because you know for years they've been depicted, depicting us you know as criminals and thugs and all mm-hmm. that in the mainstream media. So the last thing they want to show is a righteous depiction of us being united as one on one accord, loving on each other and supporting one another and demanding justice for all the wrongdoings that's happening to us. Mm. And I'm glad you're able to express that right there because, and coming on here on the platform to say that because as you see on the mainstream media they're going to say they're going to express what they want other people to see not the actual truth and thankfully we have social media um hopefully we can continue this in the conversation in the future with you know some more like mind or not have to, it don't even have to be like mine i would say people that works in the media understanding the power of social media we don't have to go to the news anymore for that we don't have to get KLTV and all these other places you can actually go to twitter and learn what's going on within the community other than before things are misread or misconstrued so uh, and seeing what's going on in louisville right now um i don't I highly believe that Regal, I don't know, G-Jack, you heard, I don't want it to be dismissive and I don't want to assume as well, but y'all heard about the woman in Louisville, correct? That, yeah, Breonna Taylor, we headed to Louisville this weekend. And it's another woman in another, well, everybody should know about Breonna Taylor and the murderers, which people would call police officers, which is still free and more people have been arrested for trying to get these other men arrested, which is mm-hmm. America, what we have right now, and why we continue to fight back, and how we fight, and what we're doing. But it's a one. I can't. I'm gonna look it up in a moment. But I'm trying to get her exact name. But her neighbors have been pulling like they've been pointing guns from their yard, threatening oh. her. She's been scared to go outside. And a black militia group has went out in front. The police wouldn't come out and help her for anything. You know, Is that the lady where the Crips came and uh, helped or whatever? Yeah, yeah. Okay, it's I been many, but it's that. not only the Crips. It's been different black men come in and protect this woman. And Absolutely. and that's where, why things are necessary. And it, it's not to a point that we want to do this. Yeah. You know, it's needed. You yeah. know, it's absolutely necessary. So, and that's the same thing with the Black Panthers. It's something that 
we didn't want everybody want to have fun and live their life and be peaceful and other things they want to do but we can't do that we have a responsibility to our own so that's my belief why the militias or this unit of individuals come together to protect our own until the police start doing what their job is supposed to say not how it started i would say that's what i was just gonna ask do y'all believe that this is this would be better than actually having a police force like just you know police in our own neighborhoods instead of having like an actual you know law i guess uh uh uh, what do you call it uh like a, a public like you know law system that's kind of protecting our neighborhoods would it be better if we had like our own people like like the uh you know, like the Crips or any kind of black, other black militant group or whatever. Absolutely. Uh, that, that's essential because, I mean, the the police originally weren't created to catch runaway slaves. That's what, these, that's, what the, or that's where the police originated from. So they have never since their creation had our people's best interest at heart so and then how can number one how can a person police you properly when they can't identify with you they don't know your background they don't come from the community that you come from and they don't understand you mentally emotionally spiritually they they don't understand you so how can they begin to police you when, when they don't know anything about you yeah. other than what's told about you or what the media portrays about you. So us policing ourselves is absolutely a necessity. So I saw uh, a, a, a post on Facebook, I guess in Tyler or Chabot area, they're trying to start like a, a a uh, white confederacy like movement or whatever like another like their own like little militant group or whatever mm-hmm. to combat all these statues and stuff coming down and all the laws and stuff changing with i guess they claim erasing history mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, how, how do y'all feel about that i mean of course i know we all feel like that's all bullshit and they don't but how do y'all like what do y'all say to that what, what what part say to them trying to build trying to start their own group like almost like, another like the kkk, KKK. Yeah. oh okay <laughs> Um, feel like that's the KKK. I feel like that's a hate group. <laughs> and what Regal's talking about, and I was, and I'm going right back to that. But I want to clarify: is the ain't fucking around um, unit group gathering of individuals? Is that a hate group? No, absolutely not. Okay. It's a love. It's a love of our people group. I think it's just that simple. I think the group that is being managed, the KKK, has been built upon hate. These units or these, um, what, what do y'all like to classify yourselves? It might be we're um, militia. Well, okay, well, militia, do you, it's not based off hate, it's based off love and protection. Simple as that. So, with the, what they're trying to do, which I, I, I would never understand, and I'm still anybody hearing my voice right now can really tell me why you support the Confederacy and why you support the flag, hot letters, you know? Because everything I look up and everything I research is about hate, is about slavery. It's a, that's a, why we have that, that's a terroristic flag right there in my opinion. That terrorism right here on this, you fought against the United States of America. Your, your granddaddy did, great granddaddy. See, that's, that's how, 
that's how, you know, that's that that just speaks hypocrisy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. That, that's that's literal literal hypocrisy, right? Because when they see, you know, a brother like Colin Kaepernick, when he'll kneel, you know, for the anthem, you know, protesting police brutality, they'll have a problem. These same people that are so patriotic, they'll have a problem with a black man kneeling for the flag during the national anthem, but won't say anything to their white brethren that fly Confederate flags. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Last time I checked, this was supposed to be the United States. And the last time I checked, the South lost. The Confederates lost last time I checked. And that's the point. They fought against the United States. They no longer wanted to be united. They And they, the main thing, the argument you they may try to bring with, they wanted to maintain state laws. Every yeah. state. And that's why Texas, you know, the great state of Texas, you know, they really was self-sufficient they didn't need a government for that so they're like you know what we don't want to be a part of that because and the main don't let anyone tell you different every state was our main focus is to maintain slavery the slavery and specific slavery of the negro of the african the you know any and all the descendants as well that's what's written so i don't know what the fuck they argue about i'm trying to stop cursing but you that's my point it's just to the point i'm just and they say, well, you don't know the history. I do know my history. Well, do you know Do you know your history? That's the right. thing. Like, and especially in Tyler, you know, when I took the time out and looked up the research, the whole thing about Robert E. Lee, how in the world is this still going? And it, it's nothing new. They've been fighting to change that name since that name was given. Like, in the yeah. 1970s, they were fighting that name. In the 1950s, they were fighting that name. So it's just like people just like, this has been pulled out of the blue. No, this been going on, but what they're doing right now, G Jack? Nah, nip that in the bud. I hate, I hate the people who be like, "Well, first you change the name, then what's next? The city, maybe, perhaps. <laughs> yeah, if it's on the docket, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> y'all want to bring up the city next? Oh no, it's like they have an aneurysm. It's like it. And I know if we've talked about it before, but how do you? And I talk about, I know we talk about George Floyd. I'm still, I wish these groups where we're more, they're active, but not as active, I would say. And people are not aware. And we make sure you're going to get this information from you in a moment, how people can look out to join and be more part or support. But I say Ahmaud Arbery is the one that still tear me up. Seeing like the man get lynched, the video come out. And the video is nothing new. The the police knew about the video, mm-hmm. and it still took them what three, four months. Yeah, for the arrest and a pandemic for them to arrest them because people had time. It is, but that show you right there. Those men they they were making their little militia. They wanted to come together, that father and son group, and they felt that a black man was committing the crime. It was mm-hmm. all. And it was just, ju- and just because he's being black and he's jogging, that's all it took. Yeah. So and I'm sure they fuck with him previous times before that. And long before it, it, it's videos, the police bothering or harassing um, Ahmaud Arbery before that. It, it is. But when it comes down to 
the militias we have like ain't fucking around are you trying to chase down white people that, that's a that's a question for me. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I was like, y'all not trying to chase down white people that's jogging, leaving houses, are y'all? Nah, man, that's that's not what we do. Yeah, it's like it's a big difference. Like one thing is for protection. I'm just trying to key in on a point for anyone that have a mis- a thought we, about we, this, what they're trying to do. Yeah, we don't we don't we don't focus on we focused on our people. We don't focus on so called white people unless they try to focus on us mm, got it don't in other words don't start no shit won't be no shit, be no shit. <laughs> <laughs> now i i know it's um a black group but can Cor- like little john yeah call okay. little john. <laughs> can like white people join or can they donate money to the cause if they want to help out like 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 Brother Malcolm said, no, you cannot join, but you can help. You can donate, but no, you cannot join. This is a black-only militia, and that's how we plan on keeping it. Okay. Uh, what about, oh, never mind. Let's say, what about Hispanics? Is that like count? As well, a, people of color. <laughs> is it like people of color or just African-American? If your daddy, if your daddy is not black, you can't join. Okay. What if your mother's black? Your daddy is black. <laughs> your daddy is not black. You cannot join. Hmm. Why? Why is it specifically the dad though? Because you. It's different ideologies on it. You know, some say you are what your father is, and hmm. you know, according to the to the so-called white man with the one-drop rule. Uh, you know, if you got one drop of black in you based out, well, they base it off your mother and your father. But according to the scriptures, there in the, when you read the book of Numbers, um, the army, the army was created based off the house of your father. Hmm. So that's where that comes from. Okay. You are with your you are with your father. That okay. was that was for wartime when the army was being assembled. So we follow that guideline. <clears throat> so. Who who would you say you look up to as far as like black leaders right now that are you know out there and and leading? Like I know a lot of people say, uh, as I quote Barbershop, man, fuck Jesse Jackson. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know a lot of people say that, or uh, they don't really trust Al Sharpton. Like, who would you consider like a black leader right now? Uh, man, any for me, uh, you know, salute salute to the General Grandmaster Jay. Uh, him and anybody, anybody that's on the front line, anybody that's speaking out against, you know, injustice, inequality, anybody that's using a voice, using a platform, that's willing to put it all on the line and be unapologetic about it. Mm. Anybody that's willing to risk, risk their life or their freedom for their people, that's who I look up to. And if I can ask the question, do you think black people need a quote unquote leader? Uh, I think everything has to be, you know, done decent and in order. I think that's one of the problems in our community is we don't, you know, we have a hard time following leadership. We, number one, we have a hard time following leadership and 
we have a hard time. I ain't gonna say we, but individuals have a hard time not selling out, mm. not selling mm. out their people. So I don't think I don't think leader. I think it's beneficial, but I don't think uh, leadership is the end all be all. I think we have a bigger problem that a normal human, a normal human leadership can solve. I think we far beyond that. But I think righteous leadership is necessary. And when I, I have um. Well, GJ, how do you feel? Do you think we need a leader? Like, yeah, yeah, I'm, I kind of uh, feel the same way Regal feel. Like, you, you need a leader in everything. Like, you know, what? It, and it's not saying that, you know, people are weak because they aren't the leader. It's just some people have better skills. You know, some people have whatever you're trying to, the goal you're trying to accomplish, you need to go to the person with the best skills, you know, and who can handle the situation the best. That don't mean that you're weak for being a follower, but, you know, you you need some type of order though to accomplish a goal. And, and can I expound on that real quick? Absolutely. And let me let me let me say what I mean when I say our problems are bigger than just a a, a, a righteous leader in human form. And this is what I mean by that. Um, y'all y'all know me personally, so y'all know. But for the viewers that don't know, you know, I do identify my myself with my culture of my ancestors as a so-called Hebrew Israelite. That we is get, what I... We're going to get into that on every, in, the, in the makers of you, but go ahead. <laughs> All right. Yeah, so that, that's, that's, that's what I do identify as. And so, I, you know, in, in, our, in our culture, just like in the scriptures, we have, we have people today, just like when you read the Bible, you know, the, the, the man that they call Jesus in Christianity, he was, you know, killed and persecuted by his own people. It was his own people that gave him up to the Romans to be mm. crucified. So just like then in the scriptures, just like today, we have people that don't believe in a Messiah that they call Jesus or we call him by his Hebraic name, Yahusha, which means Yah's salvation. Um, it's people today in our culture that don't you know, believe in him as well. So I say that we better hope that he's he exists. We better hope that that he's real. Because even before now, if you look at all the movements, uh Brother Malcolm, he wasn't able, as great as he was, he wasn't able to liberate us as a people. Uh mm -hmm. Brother Marcus Messiah Garvey, uh as great as he was, he wasn't able to liberate us as a people. Uh, uh, Brother uh, Elijah Muhammad, as, as great as he was to the nation of Islam, he wasn't able to liberate us. Minister Farrakhan, he hasn't been able to liberate us. So forth and so forth. The Black Panthers, you know, as, as beautiful and as everything that they accomplished, they weren't able to liberate us as a people. So our liberation for all of this time has has not come to fruition. Hmm. And so at some point in time, you got to begin to ask yourself, why haven't we been, I mean, of course, individual, individually, we may be successfully, we may be successful individually, but me, I'm all about community. So if my community is not successful as a whole, 
I don't view us as being successful as a collective. So with me, it's all about the collective and we haven't been able to liberate ourselves as a collective. Everybody always talking about, we need to come together, we need to come together, but why have we not been able in all of these decades to come together and liberate ourselves as a people? You have to ask yourself that question. Do you think it's because of like maybe lack of planning? Like everybody wants the same goal, but we really don't have a plan to get there. Well, I believe I believe in the Bible. Mm-hmm. So that that's my belief system. That's what I base my foundation on, which is the Bible. And according to the Bible, we are under the curses. So people, what what people call what people call white supremacy, I only say white white supremacy because that's what the mainstream audience identify as. I don't believe in white supremacy. I understand that it's white rulership, it's European rulership. Just like um, in ancient times, the so-called black man was the ruler of the earth. It's the white man's time to, to rule the earth. The scriptures say the hands are given it, the, this earth is given into the hands of the wicked. Mm. So one, once their kingdom falls, our kingdom will rise again. Mm. So that's what I, that's, that's my belief system. And do, you so, think, do you think they believe in the same thing? That's why they're fighting so hard to keep the, keep us so... Honestly, I do. No. Yeah. Honestly, I do. I, the 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 elite, the the elite, the upper echelon, white people, they mm-hmm. they know what it is. They they know the truth. That's why they fight so hard, you know, to to maintain their power and authority. Mm-hmm. I, the 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 lower and see that's what it's about. It's about see the the lower class, the lower class white man. He thinks it's about black versus white. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? They think it's black versus white, but it's not black classism. versus white. It's classism. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? But elitism. E- e- they're, they're quote-unquote elitist or whatever. And so they, they understand that. So absolutely, I know that the white man, the white man believes the, the, the white man that's in power, mm-hmm. he believes in the Bible more than the average black man does. Mm-hmm. That's a fact. Black people, they say, oh, the Bible is a white man book. The 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 astute, the so-called astute white man, he know that his ancestors didn't have anything to do with the Bible. All he did was use it to his benefit. That's mm-hmm. all he did. What movie do I always tell you to watch, G.J., when it comes down to the Bible? Um, I don't know. We're going to use that as a question for our next giveaway, a gift away. But, um... Now what's what's the, the book of Eli? <laughs> the book of Eli. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I think that's like both all three of our like top three favorite the, movies. The book Absolutely. of Eli is right there in your face. Yeah. It's right step by step, and like what's leading him the whole way? Yeah, the Bible, the spirit, the spirit. It is the, the blind faith, mm-hmm. the spirit. Absolutely. As simple as that. See, let's touch. Let's touch on. I. Look how look how that just came full circle, right? With with Drake mentioning uh the book of Eli, right? Mm-hmm. What what was the white man, the white man who was the antagonist in the movie? What what was he doing? He was trying to manipulate the mm-hmm. Bible. He was trying to find the Bible the whole movie. He knew so his he power. Manip- so he, he can knew use his it for power. power right? You know what he I'm saying? So he can use it for power. And what was the the so-called black man, Eli, the 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 true Hebrew, the descendant of the people who wrote the Bible, what was he doing? He was trying to protect, protect it. it. Yeah. Right? 
So yeah. they they know they tell they tell us how do it get deeper and it gets deeper it gets yeah. deeper because did Eli was anybody lead what who what was leading Eli the spirit yeah, hey. the spirit what was what Eli leading anybody else purposely not purposefully he didn't want to Mm-mm. right the the antagonist was he considered a leader. To, to his community, yeah, yeah. To, to the community of ragtag motherfuckers he had in that town. <laughs> okay, so and it, but that's that's deep though, because pay attention. He wanted that leader. He wanted that crew. He wanted them people, and they would have followed a man. Eli was. He even told the people who he, he was leading. The people, the woman, the um, was it? What's the name? I can't even think Solara. of her name right now. Solara. Solara. You know the real name. I just know from that seventy show, whatever name. But um, <laughs> but. He was like, you ain't, don't follow me, you know, follow, you can follow what's leading me, but I'm not a leader. And that was his main purpose. And that's what, you know, I'll ask questions. Y'all believe, I don't believe in, I don't think black people need a leader, but we do need leadership because anytime in, I've Mm, looked up the quotes on J. Edgar Hoover and he talking about black Messiah never happened unless we create one Mm -hmm. in the American government. And he didn't say about the um, black man, um, about um, what was the quote that was said, you know, his biggest fear was being, it, it was Negro unity. Negro unity. But, He's sensitive. <laughs> <laughs> but when we get into these details, because anytime we have a specific leader, they're going to try to tear him or her down. Absolutely. They're going to try to point their faults. And unfortunately, we have a community still that has been point. They use they use slaves, the strong slaves, the niggas as examples. You know, we're going to beat, we're going to tar, we're going to feather, we're going to tear them down in front of you. Mm-hmm. So you can't believe in your own people. But mm-hmm. when you all stick together, when you all come together, and we have leadership, when all we all we all don't have to speak at once, but we all move together. And everybody can, like what GJ was tending on himself. You can be an accountant. You can be a fighter. You can be a doctor. You can be a scientist. You can be all a therapist. And you all can be excelled in your positions and your knowledge. And your leader, and you have leadership within that role. But everybody's a leadership, and you can't tear everyone down. Yeah. So I think right now what's making us strong, and that was to the Black Panther movement as well you really couldn't pick one leader out of it. You know, you, you could point, but when you have everybody, just the whole community and you have everyone banding together, it's that we, we, we're more united. Well, unfortunately I feel like we're ununited, but I feel like we're more united than ever right now. And we so just have to continue. Do, do y'all feel like it's not actually the lack of a leader. It's just a lack of everybody playing a part. I would believe that's what I believe. I believe we we are responsible one way or another, and we all have to respect each other and love each other. And well, respect, communication, consistency. If we keep that with each other, we're, we can't, how could you stop us, you know? And my thing is not only for black people, for anyone, but when we talk about specific, like the people who need treatment right now is black people. And once again, we are struggling people, and it's not, we don't want to struggle. We want to be happy. We want to raise our children, our families, and we want to say hi to you. 
we want to live in the same neighborhoods. And if we don't want to live in the same neighborhoods, we don't have to. But at the end of the day, I, I, I don't. And, and once again, <laughs> but that's the spectrum that we have. You talking about with our own people or with other people? It doesn't matter. Like oh, if you, because okay. if that's what I said, if you want to stay in the all black neighborhood, that's fine. If you want right. to stay in the mixed neighborhood, that's fine. It's we we're not just one. We're it's a spectrum. But at the end of the day, no matter where we're at, we need to be respected. We have the right to our freedoms. We have a right to liberty. We have the right to hold guns. We have the right to help hug our children, love our mothers, whatever the case may be. So it's just one of these things that I'm looking at that. How how much further do we have to go? <laughs> you know, uh, what what else need to be done for it to be understanding? For you know, we ain't bothering y'all. You we ain't but we just out here trying to live. Yeah. So let me ask y'all this. Um, I know like Killer Mike, he speak about like segregation and stuff like that, and how the black man or black people are better off being segregated. How do y'all feel about that? Like, do y'all feel like we need like a period to segregate and build ourselves up and come back as a unit and not have to depend on other cultures? Or do you think we can do that in this current climate, like the way things are set up? Yeah, I, I agree 100%. Like I said, I practice my culture. So my culture say for us to be separate. They say for us to be separate and they tell us not to have any dealings with other nations, not to intermingle with other nations. And it's a reason why we were instructed to do that. And it's a reason why, you know, situations like Black Wall Street, when we were separate, it was one of the most affluent communities in the country. So they, they <laughs> when you look at post Black Wall Street, right? They mm -hmm. wanted to, they wanted to, uh, they were so against, they were so against uh, integration Right, that you know, they 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 had the Klan out there, they had their rebel flags out there when they was talking about desegregation or whatever. But mm -hmm. when we were segregated and doing our own thing, y'all wouldn't leave us alone in. Yeah. When we was the most when we was the most affluent community in the country in Black Wall Street in Tulsa, y'all wouldn't leave us alone in. So we can't be integrated. Y'all don't want us to be segregated. So what is it? Yeah. And, and so I'm all for pro segregation. I think it's more of a control thing. They just want to be able to control you. That's all it is, man. Hmm. So that's great. When did uh I know I'm like blurry on the facts and stuff, man. So did they have welfare and stuff like that back then or that was post segregation? I believe welfare, welfare came in the eighties. Yeah, I believe welfare came with the uh with the whole housing, with the whole redlining and Project housing came welfare and all that. Okay. Cause I was thinking like, I guess once they, you know, desegregated oh, oh. and then they introduced welfare. Shut me the fuck up. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> the welfare system in the United States began in the 1930s during the Great Depression. After the Great Society legislation of the 1960s, the first time a person who was not elderly or disabled could receive need-based aid from the federal government. And remember, welfare did not start with black people. Okay. All right. So, so welfare <laughs> came from the Great Depression, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Hmm. So that's what I was thinking. Like, was it a ploy at the beginning, though, to like make you dependent? Like, makes us so bad for you, where you have to be dependent upon, you know, the United States or the so-called white man to survive, which caused like our current situation where we don't really own nothing. We don't have anything of value, no leverage to bring to the table. 
Let's see. Let's see. See how you, what about what you think, Mr. D713? About what part? Do you think about, that about the um welfare situation? Like was that designed really because they knew what the plan was? Like it was like a maybe a twenty year plan. I don't know. Um uh, when did we when did desegregation happen? Like in the sixties? De- desegregation yeah, happened in the nineteen fifties. I know the thing was passed in 54, but it probably went into effect around then. There's some reason it takes for a long time for it to happen. It's to that point where I, I believe, I would say no. I would start off when it started for that, no. But the steps in the black community, how the process, the man could not be in the household for the a, a family to receive um, welfare. It is so many intricacies that goes into it that I can say, I can see how, yes, absolutely, I can see that. But how, did it start like that? Because it didn't start for us in the first place. And if we talk about the percentage of people receiving welfare, they ain't black, okay? Now it's a disproportionate amount that receive it in because of percentage wise, but as a child that grew up on welfare, I'm thankful that we had it. You know, yeah. um, unfortunately, it was like a am I aware of her now? No. Do I pay hella taxes? Yes. Do I complain about it? No, because I, I've been in the social work field for you know previously for nine years, almost ten, and I've seen people use it for the right reasons. And I've seen people abuse the fuck out of it as well, you know? And my thing is, we shouldn't let it keep us down. Use it as a leg up, you know? Right now, welfare could be a great thing with the current economy we have. This is the time for this shit to kick in. Stimulus packages and all that, if people use it for the right reason. And, you know, G-Jack, I talked to you about it. We, you know, future episode, whoever's listening, we're talking about financial well-being, financial welfare, financial literacy. You know, that's something we have to push on ourselves. And, you know, I don't even get into it because I know right now we're at a time you got kids in your household and people talking about sending their kids back to school. This is the best time to start teaching your kids right now. You shouldn't allow, stop waiting for these teachers, teachers, you know, or, you know, to teach your kids things you should be teaching them. We have to educate ourselves for these things to educate them. We should be doing that anyway, though. Like, in saying. addition to the school, you know, like, they shouldn't just start now because of the pandemic. Like, <laughs> I'm not, no argument at all, man. Yeah. But I see what you're saying, though. But it goes back to that. It's like, which came first, the cart or the horse, you know? Yeah. Or the chicken and the egg. Well, like, then it goes back to, we still dependent, though. Like, we all need to have to go to work. I mean, work for somebody or if you own your own business it's, in some form of. That's going to happen anyway. That's going to happen anyway. And like, that's in the Bible, though. That's in the Bible. It it was rich and poor people in the Bible. It was hardworking and lazy people in the Bible. It was all these things. This is before, this is, that's why I keep saying you can't avoid it. But we need to follow what God say. When we had the conversation, why I don't like Candace Owens so much is because she is, she's, she tried to become an elitist. Okay. Mm-hmm. She is like black people are only um, race. Which when we talk about race, I think that's don't get me started on that. But 
that help each other out, to help the people that's a criminal and commit crimes, which is a complete lie. But the focus, it says in the Bible, when you yielding your crop, okay, when you're a season coming to yield your crop, you know, pick your cotton, you know, pick your corn, pick your wheat, whatever, you leave 20% out there. You don't take it all because you ain't going to need it all. So you leave a bit for your neighbor not to, you don't have to give it to them, but you leave a little bit out there for them to go pick it themselves and they can have it. We don't have that in America. The thing about it, and almost to this world, we're here to take everything, sell it. You know what? I should, it, didn't, it wasn't hard. I, I could sell it for 50 cents, but you know what? I'm about to making this money. Time for disparity. I'm going to sell it for $5. That's that process in their mind. And it's, people say that's a socialist mindset. My thing is, it's not a capitalistic mindset, you know, as simple as that. It's just, I want, everybody can eat. Everybody can really do well. And the world I've seen, it's no point people should be going hungry. Uh, there's no point people should be sick. No, it, it's way we can all live well, but that's the trick of the devil we have right there. You know, it's you, you feeling you, that feeling of being a God, making you feel like you're better than someone else. But I'm saying as far as sending the, the kids back to school, though, like, <laughs> we got to, yeah, that's what you asked. You said people was coming back, to, uh, sending their kids back to school, and we were talking about, like, teaching your kids at home, and that would be the perfect time. And I was I was just saying that that right now, you know, people have to go to work and stuff, so you can't, you, that's a great option in theory. It's a good idea in theory, but it's just not realistic in today's time because we don't really, we're not self-sufficient like that. A lot of us aren't. Most working class isn't self-sufficient where you, can just take off work like that or just stop doing everything to stay at home with your kids and teach them. That's a fact. So it it's like designed. we still- It was designed that way. Yeah, and that and that's what I was saying though. Like we, it's kind of like you still depending upon somebody like the, the man or whoever, you know, to take care of you because you, you need you have, you need income to live and you can't see, have income without working. See, think about it, right? Think about uh, with, the whole, with the whole corona situation, right? Mm-hmm. And when they rolled out the $1,200 stimulus check, think about how how many how many people that $1,200 stimulus check kept afloat, right? Mm-hmm. Think about uh with the whole uh, unemployment and the $600 plus or whatever they was getting for the people that was on unemployment. Think about if the government didn't roll that out. Yeah what type of situation we would be in, right? All, all that, all this corona situation has showed me is what I've been telling y'all for years, how we need to be self-sufficient, how dependent we are, not just as so-called black people, but the, the middle class, lower class citizen, how dependent we are on the government. That's mm-hmm. all that shows me is how unself sufficient we are. Yeah, and it uh, it also goes back to like we need to be more like of a community. Like there should be a way like where we can all come together and like have somebody who does you know be able to teach, and maybe we have a uh, a place where we can have like some uh, a field or whatever we can grow vegetables for the whole garden there's actually a neighborhood here uh it's right across my sister's house it's called uh oh what's the name of that dang neighborhood but they have like a community garden there 
and they actually have vegetables. You live there, pay your HOA dues. You got best like the whole gardens for anybody who live in the community. They even have a chef that come out and uh, every Friday and teach you how to cook and stuff with the vegetables that are grown in the garden. So if we, that would be a part of like, you know, being self-sufficient and having community and stuff like that, you know, and, and we wouldn't have, we wouldn't have to stress with it when a pandemic come. Absolutely. Um, we've had this, I'm, I'm going to go back and find that old episode. We've, I've said that before and you're like, nah, that can't happen in the black community because oh, somebody yeah, I, can't. I know, it, <laughs> but we can't have that mindset. That's yeah. stopping I mean, you, you right we there. Can't, we can't, you're right. You're absolutely right. We can't have that mindset. We have to go for it. Like when I'm thinking when I was in Houston, I'm saying this stuff like, we got all these professional black people here. We are doing all these great things. We need a network. Nah, uh-uh, I can't trust. I'll go trust them, but I ain't gonna trust. What? We have, this is something that's need to be happening. And it's not right with the black owned business situation. I think I just retweeted or reposted that why you gotta wait to one day to support a black business. You know, that, that that's the most asinine thing I know. And we and that's what I'm saying. I know I've tried. I know I would go to black businesses. I've tried everyone business, but I've said it before. What if it's a black person selling the same thing someone else is selling? I'm gonna go black. You know what? And I'm gonna give them if they mess up. I'm probably give them another chance too. But it's to the point where like, hey, I'm gonna tell you, service ain't hitting. This ain't good. I'm gonna take it over here. I can come back and check you out, but I'm always gonna give that opportunity and support like a motherfucker. I would tell other people about it as well. But it's that point that will I just turn? Nah, I just don't trust it, or I'm gonna go bad mouth them. Nah, I've told the story about the car wash place once. I ain't gonna tell it again. But it's just one of them things. <laughs> it's just one of them situations. Like I appreciate his attempt at great customer service. That's what he had. He just didn't have good execution of it. But, one thing I can't say about that though. <clears throat> do we have to baby him though? Like I mean, is it anything yes. wrong with, with time, expressing yes. your uh, displeasure with people's service? Now it ain't saying that you have to go blast them and try and make a big spectacle of it, but. I don't see nothing wrong with saying, hey, man, like, this really wasn't the best service. This really wasn't good. You know, you may need to step that shit up. Like, I don't see nothing wrong with that. Like, That's not babying supporting somebody. That's not babying Now, we know in our community, it could be anybody's community. You got the Karens. You got, uh, let me talk to your manager. Then you have some of the other ones, you know, the sisters. Man, fuck this motherfucking place, man. You know, this ain't shit. You know, like it's a difference, you know, like people, either way it's not good, but if somebody make a mistake, G-Jack, people consider what you just said is babying them. You know, you need to get in their ass. No, no but I'm saying that wasn't babying them. I'm saying like some people will say you need to be passive and don't say shit just because they're a black business. Don't say anything. And no, no, I never it. said that. And that, I never that, said that. That does a point I wanted to be clear. Like, do you nah, want to just pacify <laughs> and give me an excuse because they are black business? Or it's okay to say something, you know what I'm saying? If the shit fucked up, it's fucked up. But we're not, we're a black we, business. When you cross the line business. is when you go out trying to blast somebody, you know what yeah. I'm saying? But then I guess even at that though, because what if somebody is like a crook, like really stealing people money and like conning motherfuckers? <sighs> at that point, you do need to blast their ass. Right, now that's different because because <laughs> who are they stealing money from? The black people that support them. There you go. So I, don't, I guess it just depends, man. It just depends on the situation. Now, that, see, now you, but you brought it. It's one thing about having a bad product and one thing scamming people. Those, those are yeah. two different things. 
I just saw a whole thread yesterday, thread yesterday. Uh, one of my Facebook friends had made a comment on somebody selling some wigs or something. Did y'all see that? Nah, I didn't see that. <laughs> it was a girl. I guess her brother was selling some wigs and he had posted them. And they were like, man, that shit look like rat hair. That shit look like bullshit. <laughs> and she was like, man, why y'all bashing another black business? Like, just don't say nothing. You know, if you don't like it, don't say nothing. But don't make a big deal and try and blast somebody on social media and shit. Man, you man. know, everybody trying to get them likes, man. Yeah, man. man. <laughs> it, it, it's it's hard to say. We've talked about it before. I'm gonna start calling it the um, what's up, boy? Miguel conflict, um, complex. That Miguel. Miguel, y'all know Miguel the singer. Yeah, man. I say this. I don't know if I, I might not have said it on here. Y'all remember about six? It may have been six, seven years ago. Maybe eight. When he was at doing that, I think it was a BET concert, somebody concert, and he jumped off that stage. He tried to jump to one stage to the other stage. Oh, he ended yeah, up leg dropping. When, no, he leg dropped her. He pulled like off the top ropes, whole body on this girl's head. Okay. <laughs> that hit black Twitter. They roasted his ass for a solid 72 hours. I'm talking about consistent <laughs> jokes, memes, you name it. I'm talking about, I'm about to tear up just thinking about it. I mean, they was on his ass. And he deserved it, needed that. Because, unfortunately, and he got on, he said, the worst culture, the worst community to support are black people. They are so, they just try to tear you apart. I said, black people will uplift the shit out of you. And if you fucking up, they will drop your ass hard as shit, too. And and kick you when you down. Like, if if y'all, do y'all disagree with me when I make that comment? Uh, we all from the same place. Yeah, I would say because I can relate, and I don't. I'm not really <laughs> friends with a lot of white people though, but I have seen them drag some fucking white people too. It, it's up there. <laughs> no, I'm not. No, no, no. Once again, let me be clear. Yeah, it's anybody. Anybody can get it. But and that's the part. The main people that are around, we all know instigators. We all know roasters. We know people that probably should be on the same level as DC Young Fly. How did DC Young Fly become famous in the first place? Roasting motherfuckers, okay. Yeah. I mean, we are the kings Hugh and queens of roasting how did, people. How did Hugh become famous? <laughs> roasting the audience. His jokes are high, but him getting on people's ass in the audience—that's how he became big, you know. So that's what I'm saying. When it comes to you have bad customer service or you give a product angle look bad, it's not just because it go fuck with your emotions, man. Black people, y'all don't have an auntie that cuss y'all ass out before that you just like you know I don't even need a whooping no more. No, I'm okay. I'm Damn, this like just hurt your feelings and your pride. Yeah, maybe, maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm I'm deflecting my trauma because <laughs> I'm like nah. black, like so black people getting your ass about something about so bad. It's like man, you know, give up your whole dreams. You know, I don't even want to be a soccer player no more. Yeah, <laughs> I ain't never had experience nothing like that, man. It's only been like amongst my peers who try and like go for the juggler, man. <laughs> hey. <laughs> <laughs> Who would that be, man? I don't know, man. Hey, I think I'm... they probably love you, though. That's what, and that's what black, and black people used to say that we want to talk about you if we don't love you. Is that true? Is that just a toxic shit to say? Is that just hmm? That's something else to think about, right there. I think it's out of love, though. For most that's people they say, well, that's some fucked up love, man. Yeah. I don't know, man. Well, yeah. So, hey. Been an interesting discussion today, man. You got anything else, Mr. D713? 
Man, I enjoyed it. We go get into our next piece in a second, man. I'm just happy to have these brothers come together and have a conversation. Hope people can hear and they can learn from it, they can grow from it. That's the biggest thing we have is understanding one another. You, uh, uh, Rico, you got any social media shout outs? Anybody where people can follow you if they want to know more information about what's going on? Uh, yeah, man, my social media handle, Rico being Yehuda. On Facebook, Instagram, Hard Body Battle X, all one word, all lowercase. Uh, I don't do Snapchat. I don't do Twitter either. Um, you interested in joining the NFAC? You can email info at blacknfac.com. That's info at black. NFAC.com. Uh, man, shout out to the General Grandmaster Jay. Salute to my whole NFAC family. I love y'all, man. I see y'all in Louisville this weekend. Uh, shout out to my brothers, man. My boy G Jack, Drake, Dirty J, man. Much continued success on the podcast, Everything Culture. Appreciate it. Man, proud of y'all, man. Keep up the good work, man. Anything I can do to support y'all, just let me know. And FAC for life, man. Already, already. Man, G-Jack, what you got for us? Uh, man, you can follow me on all the same places, man. Instagram, G-Jack, G underscore J-A-X-X. <laughs> and I might be changing my name soon. I don't know. But for right now, that's it. Um, Let's switch it up? Maybe. Okay. <laughs> Um, and, uh, you know, everything culture, um, Mr. D713 got them, uh, those hashtags down. <laughs> Y'all know what it is. Okay. So you can find everything culture at just that on Facebook, Instagram, Tumblr. You can follow us or subscribe to us on YouTube at everything culture. You also can subscribe to our website at www.everythingculture.com. You can hit us up on Twitter at every THG culture. Um, you know, me, I think it's Mr. D713 on Instagram, but y'all ain't got to worry about that. Y'all just follow everything culture, man. You know, I love that the support group we have. We love we have our friends, our family, our people. Shout out to the KOK, man. If you know what it is, you know what it is. But um, with a T-Town KOK, let's say that. But um, once again, thank you, Regal. And God bless you. You know, thank you. We really appreciate you coming on and joining us on this episode. Um, and as always, um, we like to quote the late great Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. They said that you know, men hate each other because they fear each other. They fear each other because they don't know each other. And they don't know each other because of segregation. And because of segregation, we have miscommunication here on this show. So let's communicate with one another so we can start loving one another. Thank you all. God bless.